Hey, Hung Up family. Welcome to another episode of the Hung Up Podcast. I'm Eric, the host of this here show. As always, I appreciate y'all for listening. You can support this podcast by dropping a rating and a comment on the Apple Podcast app. That's the purple app for you iPhone people out there. Besides that, post whenever you're listening to the show and tag at Hung Up Pod. I would appreciate that. On top of that, y'all can listen on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And if you're looking to contact the show, you can email me at hunguppod at gmail.com or call 484-578-9992 and drop a message. Lastly, you can follow the show at hunguppod on Insta, Twitter, and Facebook. This week, I'm hung up on the resilience of our people here in the U.S. and abroad to continue to fight and care for one another, even in the darkest of times. It's been a difficult week, first witnessing the brutal torture and killing of so many Nigerians who are protesting the disbandment of the corrupt and violent police unit called SARS in Nigeria, police reform, and then even here in my own neighborhood, West Philly, just last night. The cops shot down 27-year-old Walter Wallace Jr. right in front of his mother as she's trying to de-escalate the situation and protect her son. And the city's been on fire ever since then. It seems like black people are calling for police reform in some way, all over the globe, everywhere. But many of us call for the abolishment of police because in places like here in America, the police department is rotten at its core. What it was birthed out of, you know, racism, white supremacy, the hatred for black people with the primary objective to police and criminalize black bodies. It's a system that just can't be rehabilitated. There are ways we can address this. So stop with the, if we don't have police, what are we going to do? Question. What we don't need is to continue to have armed police show up to situations with a loaded weapon when the situation doesn't even warrant that. Continue to use your voices, y'all. There are many forms of protest. Don't let someone tell you what's right or what's wrong. What we now know is that hashtags work. They bring attention to issues and get information pushed out. You can also financially contribute to these causes. You can demonstrate or protest right where you are in your own way. And of course, learning, watching, and listening. We all have a part to do. Just make sure you're doing something. This week, I sit down with longtime friend and longtime LGBTQ community activist Deontis Keys to talk about his journey from Philly Black Pride to Moby NYC to being one of Chicago's LGBTQ 30 Under 30. 
Deontis, thank you for coming onto the show and sharing your story. I will definitely be keeping an eye out for all of your upcoming ventures. Enjoy the show, y'all. Hey, I was just calling to see how you doing. Didn't didn't get a chance to call or text you over the weekend. I don't think I had Jeff girls here. So they was keeping me busy. Just trying to rest up. Uh, but I'm doing okay. I'll just call me and say how you were doing. Okay, love you. Just call me when you get some free time on texting or whatever. All right, bye. Welcome to the Hung Up Podcast, LGBTQ community activist, former Philly commissioner, former Philly Black Pride organizer. Welcome to the show, Deontes. Thank you for being on the Hung Up Podcast. No, thank you for having me. I'm glad. It's, it's good to see you. It's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a minute, but I've been yeah. trying to keep up with you um, via social media. <laughs> <laughs> trying. <laughs> I, I know. And like, I don't help at all because I have these moments where I go ghost. And that's really because of the work I do, you know, um, okay. do digital communications for a foundation here in Chicago. We're really um, harnessing the power of social media and email um, to do um, the work to like mobilize people towards like just an action in ending the HIV epidemic. So, you know, a, a big body of work now, especially relevant work around, um, you know, ending an epidemic while we're in a pandemic, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah. And that's a part of what you're doing now, right? Yeah, it, it, and, it's, and it's just a part of what I do, you know, right. that's, that's right. nine to five, but really it's more so like, you know, you gotta wake up, see what's, what people are talking about um, and like, you know, see what people feelings and there's so much work that goes into social media that people, you know, really don't um, realize on the back end. Um, so when I clock out at six or seven, you know, um, I, which is pretty much logging off, I want to go to sleep. <laughs> okay. I don't want to see nobody feed. I don't want to check no messages, no nothing. I want to go to sleep. You know, I want to roll up. Relax, you know. So we're gonna get to know Deontay. So I gave you a soft introduction. Please introduce yourself to the Hunger family, and also let us know where we can find you on social media. Yeah, um, how y'all doing? <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I'm Deontis, Um Deontis Keys. Um, some people call me Keys. Some people call me Deontis. Eric sometimes called me D'Angelo, you know? So, um, but they all of me, but uh, Deontas, um, I am a native of Chicago, but um, have some like really um, interesting roots in Philadelphia. I feel like Philadelphia is where I found myself um, because I left Chicago right after um, I graduated high school and like went to Philly and really claimed and, you know, walked in my identity. Um, while I was in Philly, um, completing undergrad, 
um, at the University of Arts, you know, studying um, vocal jazz. Uh, I was also, you know, heavily active in the community, um, doing a lot of uh, work around um, health promotion and community mobilization. Um, I think my biggest contributions to Philadelphia and their Black LBGTQ community was one, you know, doing some um, organizing around Philadelphia Black Pride, um, utilizing brand and marketing to really propel and the visibility of not only the organization, but also the people that contributed to like the lifestyle and the social environment of, you know, um, people of color, you know, queer people of color. So yeah, so I did that. Um, I rebranded the organization back in 2015. So oversaw it for three seasons. Um, but then after that, you know, shifted my work from organizing into you know, um, local local government. Um, I served as a commissioner with the Philadelphia Commission on Human Relations, where they directly oversee the Fair Practice Ordinance, which is um, Philadelphia Charter of Civil Rights Laws that protect um, individuals from um, discrimination in places of public accommodation, um, employment, housing. Um, so, you know, thinking about that and thinking about um, such important work you know, a lot of that work um, and a lot of conversation that we have around race and discrimination and how do we address it was some of the work that I was doing as a commissioner, but then also um, in my role as overseeing Black Pride, right? So really creating spaces to have the conversation, but then also creating communications that help support it, that and help, you know, put things in place. So, you know, um, as it relates to the report that is, you know, celebrated through what is our new beacon of, um, well, not just the report, the report and also sustained work of activists, journalists, you know, um, that is now represented in, you know, our new beacon of the flag, the updated flag. Um, you know, we can really see um, how- Is that something that exclusively came out of Philly? Yeah, yeah, it did. Okay. So Amber Heights, um, really amazing, like, really amazing colleague, uh, really amazing friend and comrade in doing this work, you know, um, and I remember, <laughs> I remember when um, she told me about it, we were actually heading to a presentation at the University of Penn. And uh, she was so excited because, you know, a large body of Amber's work was connecting the community and breaking down some of those barriers and creating really understanding and resources and space. So, you know, um, all that being said, you know, the work that she did around in the office, you know, City Hall as the director of LBGTQ affairs was really uh, to create like these touch points where people can see themselves reflected and that um, the flag itself for people to see that you know, what though adding those strikes represented, right? Um, action being taken on behalf of the humanity of Black LBGTQ people, but then also the respect of community, you know, um, it, it's really amazing. I think we got a good introduction. Yeah, I'm Deontis, <laughs> you, you know, digital marketing, uh, brand marketing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my work is focused in um, social impact. Um, yeah. And I think we're going to get into like other things, you know, I do a lot of stuff. I work a lot, you know, um, single right now, you know, so okay. yes, I think that's important. 
let them know, okay? Because yeah, you know, 30, 30, listen, like, you got to start shaping some things up, you know? No one wants to be lonely. Time, time waits for no man. And I think especially once we hit our 30s, I'll be 35 in a few months. Um, you really do start to feel like, okay. And like, for me, I'm not even gonna sit here and lie and try to act like everyone getting married, having kids. And I'm like seeing all of this, especially with the lovely invention of social media, you know, you get, you get to witness other people's lives or, or at least what they're sharing. And I'm over here like, well, damn, am I, like, what am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> And, and I, don't know, that, yeah. I don't let that drive me too much. Like, you know, I get we got to all march by the beat of our own drum and my story is not going to be your story and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Yeah, social media is interesting. Um, the mechanics, being on the mechanics of the side, like admin, a sort of like narrating what people see. Um, you can really, you know, my job is to create these journeys where the outcome is, you know, uh, in favor of, you know, whatever that um, journey, that call to action is, right? Um, luckily, that not working in corporate where many of the calls to action are at the benefit of community, you know? Um, but still to see how like the placement of the ad to the impact of somebody's copy you know, can really influence how a body of people mobilize and act is, you know, really fascinating, right? And like, you know, I, I do my job well, <laughs> thank God, um, you know, in understanding people. But um, in grad school, what I learned a great deal, you know, looking at marketing through the lens of design, you know, and centering that design around the people at the end and what value you provide to people, you know, really connected to the work that I do today because it's centered like, how do we connect people to, you know, the things that they need the most, you know? And like, for me, I feel like that's what my last 10 to 12 years of doing this work is that trying to figure out or trying to help organizations, you know, figure out the best way to reach people to give them what they need the most. But then also trying to change that mindset around, that what people may need the most may not be what we think it is, right? And that we need to really do that discovery and understanding who people are in order to really give them, you know, um, their wants and their desires. Listen, I'm definitely in favor of like allowing the people to tell, mm -hmm. to allow them to speak for themselves and, and talk about what their needs are versus having a boardroom or a, a conversation in a meeting somewhere where a few select individuals are making decisions for you know a whole bunch of people and I, you know i get um that's how you know a lot of decisions are made but yeah. in, whenever we have an opportunity to engage the people especially when it's going to be something that impacts them i think that there's so much more power behind that so i think i think that's really great work so let me just and where can people find you on social media? Um, at M-R-K-E-Y-E-S, at Mr. Keys, um, on IG, uh, on Facebook, Deontis Keys. I'm pretty easy to find, I want to say. No, you know, I'm Googleable. you know, Deontis Keys, but I'm very low key. 
you know, because uh, at my job, you know, we serve, I'm a part of uh, a pretty um, in-house creative agency that serves this foundation and that, that foundation has about 11 internal clients that serves a, a variety of different you know, communities as it relates as it relates to ending, you know, the epidemic around HIV and homelessness. So focusing on that and focusing on like a variety of different social media channels and how they connect and reflect an email and then supporting a team too. You know, um, I like to call it the social house because uh, every day we're learning, you know, we're learning about who, who we're reaching out to, who we're engaging, but every day, you know, I'm pouring into you know, uh, my intern, you know, who's amazing. I'm pouring into, you know, my other communication um, teammate, you know, uh, who's amazing, you know, uh, making sure that that knowledge continues, you know? So uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty busy. So I don't get to, I don't get to like come back to my feed very often. Um, as, as often as I have been in the past, you know, but I think that also I'm really shy and that idea or sort of being programmed to package, you know, marketing and understanding what social media is, you know, which is a tool to help facilitate, you know, that, but also facilitate connections is that um, I overthink it. So, uh, like, I think I posted something at 3 a.m. last night and um, that because it was like 3 a.m. last night and I was like, oh, let me just post something, you know? Um, but it wasn't uh, with any intent, you know? So I think that when I post now, it's really to like share or update, you know? I think about social media, like in the editorial standpoint of like, it comes out either seasonal or like, you get a little here, a little there, but it's really to connect with others. So, you know, um, mm -hmm. yeah. that's really old. All right, well, that was a really dope introduction. Now we're gonna go into the icebreaker. This, this for this episode, we got a P Valley icebreaker. We're both big fans of the show. I am more than thrilled and excited that they got renewed for season two, and I can't wait for it to come out. Like I, <laughs> I tweeted the other day, I need post season two now, and so many people um, agreed because it was such a great season. Oh my goodness. I remember um, Patrick, you know, Ian Polk is a good friend of mine. I was in LA and um, we were driving to dinner and, you know, he was talking about his projects and the, one of the most humble people I've ever met when they talk about their work, because um, he talks about it with such a gentleness you know, um, but also a protective, you know, shield around the art. Um, and I texted him, I was like, this right here is amazing because immediately connecting with Uncle Clifford, like. <laughs> like Such a dope character. Mm -hmm. I, I loved everything about his character. Yeah. Circle up, come on. Look, I wish things could be different, but sometimes in life you gotta take an L to get to the W. And it's unfortunately one of them times. Uh-uh, get you out. <laughs> hey, this building got enough water damage, and you know how we do. We don't do no goddamn tears. Hmm? 
All right, now, cause mayor's ass backwards, no titties in tequila ordinance, we can't have no exposed breasts in the VIPs tonight. No, hell no. How the hell we supposed to make that VIP bank covering up all our assets? We ain't got to show titties just to make this coin. We just gotta shake them tea and Tamara so hard, niggas think they see titties. Mm. Y'all listen to my bottom bitch, cause we gonna make it with the help of the boss bitch above. Now let's all bow our heads in prayer. Lord, we ask that you bless the pink tonight as we try to go out with one last big ass bang. First question. We're on the set of P-Valley season two, okay? You are set to go on. Your music is playing. Yes, chuck a letter, chuck a letter. Okay. The crowd is going crazy. They all came to see you. Yeah, do, 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 do. You see two outfits that you can select from before you go on stage. The first outfit is a, is a selection, an array of jock straps. The second outfit is a leotard. Which outfit are you grabbing to go out and perform your number? Oh, leotard, leotard, yes, 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 <laughs> down. <laughs> and you're gonna give the people what they came for. Oh yes, oh yes, they're gonna, they're gonna get a show. <laughs> they are going to get a show. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, P-Valley, everything, everything. What would be your stripper name? <laughs> Ooh, only could my best friend told me this yesterday. It'd be called Naps. Uh, <laughs> Wait. Okay. I'm listening. Naps, because <laughs> anywhere I go, I take a nap. Like, I don't care where it is, okay? I can be at a nigga house, okay? And like, if I'm sleepy, like, I think the best photos of me are either me working or me like knock the fuck out. Okay. Okay. You can go. Sorry. No, you good. No, you're good. Uh, okay. You know, listen, sensories. Oh, um, but yeah, like for explicit content. You're you're fine. <laughs> but no, like uh I'd be knocked out. So like naps, you know, like he said, don't sleep on them. <laughs> don't sleep on them. Yes. You know, I'm cracking up because I could just see it now. Like the stage is set, the DJ, you, the music going, the crowd is wrong. Where the hell is Naps? Naps is backstage sleep. Somebody please go wake this bitch. Yes. And it's then her to get on stage now. Come out. And then I come out from like like the balcony, the, you know, and it comes out and I'm like sleeping. Oh yes. I would turn it. That would be an intro. Okay. Ooh, uh, so okay. Cool. Get ready. Headliner. Okay. Don't y'all be sleep. I can hear the promoter now. Don't y'all be sleep. Naps coming up. Naps coming up. Yes. Yes. You would I, I I live. All right. Next question. Who's gonna win the reading contest? Is it gonna be Uncle Clifford or will it be Electra from Pose? Wow, Uncle Clifford. You know, Uncle Clifford. You know you that Uncle Cliff and why? You know, 
there's just such a like it, we in P Valley and the countryness, right? You know, just sort of like that 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 like on the block, you know, in the in the neighborhood type of shade, like you know that. Listen, mm -mm, mm -mm. yeah, I live for him because he'll show up with nails, hair, makeup done, and then his pants will be sagging. Like Uncle yeah. Clifford is bringing it all to you. Like what? What's up? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Down. Down. Hair. Down. You know he's gonna have a nice lip. Lip. A lip. Can't a lip? can't can't can leave the house without the lip. Oh, yes. Uncle Clifford, he I think when we think shout about out to Loretta Divine too. What you say? I said a shout out to Loretta Divine. Oh yeah, for pushing through. Yes, and smoking reefer. Okay. Yes, you better bring. Come on, Auntie. Come on, Auntie. <laughs> come on, Auntie. You know, but you know, just going back to the tweet. You know, just sort of that hiding. You know, the main girl. What was her name? Um. Autumn, Autumn, Autumn. I'm sorry, wait, who are you referring to? Um, the main girl. What's and, her uh, Mercedes. Not Mercedes. Um, we all love Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes, everything. Um, the light-skinned girl. Oh, girl. Uh, not Haley. 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 Yes. Yes. Play I think I'm pronouncing her name right. Alaric. Yeah, Haley. Haley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I connect with that, going to another city, <clears throat> restarting, trying to do what you gotta do. You know, the connections are minimal. You know, you moving about. And that's sort of how I've been moving in Chicago, you know, coming to work, taking care of what I need to take care of, uh, take care of, connecting with family, navigating through that, you know. Um, But then also like how like you were sharing with me, that's how Deontis got was really created, right? No, not pre not created. You know, I I didn't create, you know. Or I guess I I, I cultivated, you know, yeah. the identity. Um my identity. And I didn't really step into it until I got to Philadelphia. You know, it's some bullshit to like come to a new city and and once again at that time 2008, you know, there wasn't these terms of like gender fluid, you know? Um so and like how I presented myself because when I when I came to Philadelphia, I had bangs. You know, like bank down here, long hair, you know. And for me, you know, um, that was very liberating, you know, um, because I felt like it was my hair, it's what I could do, you know, but just sort of like coming into Philadelphia and like really owning my identity, my queerness, you know, going to an institution where, you know, this is what I should be called, nothing else. And carrying that, you know, owning that for so long and still to this day, you know, is who I am. It's, you know, um, 
my name, you know, my first or my given name, you know, um, it, it didn't fit me because it didn't serve me, right? You know, so many people misused it in the way of, you know, name calling um, or neglecting to even see the value in me, you know, thinking about, you know, my mother and, you know, what, what was happening at that time at such a year, early age for, for me, you know, and, you know, being in a neglected home, abusive home, and having to navigate that but yeah i didn't want to i didn't want to be you know d'angelo you know or d'angelo you know uh i wanted to be something that i felt that was my own you know because i didn't feel like my life at that time was my own so you know with that you know stepping into philadelphia you know and i i claimed the identity at least five years before then um Cause like I was in the group home and I think I remember I was like 13, 14 when I was like, yeah, this is what I want to be called. Um, but really it was Philadelphia that really cultivated that and gave value to just, this is what I would like to be called and introduced, welcomed as, as if like, yeah, you need to know his name. <laughs> like, because he will go off <laughs> if you, if you don't, if you don't say it right, you know, there's literally been fights. Like, I, I do not play that like, you know, yeah, like you will say, yeah, is correct. And I think there's so much power in acknowledging someone's name. Um, there's so much power in asking people their name or if, if, if you're having issues pronouncing it now, even now we have the pronouns. Like, I think there's so much power in welcoming that, like mm -hmm. just ask, you know, because I, and, and I've met people and I'm bad with names. And so if I had to ask them again, like, Hey, my bad, what, what's your name again? They're like, Oh, don't worry about it. It's cool. I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to know your name. Like there's power in that. Like, that is your name. <laughs> you are not just this random person or like someone who's not important. Like, no, you have a life, you have an experience. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure I'm, you know, um, acknowledging that. So let me see. I think I had one more, one more icebreaker question. And then we're going to jump into our conversation. I have some questions about your life some of the projects that you've participated in. So last icebreaker question is, would you beat your mama for stealing your money like Mercedes did? I would, but not for stealing money, you know? Like I think, well, actually, yeah, like- so in I, that scenario though, you saying you would not have fought your mama. I can't remember the dollar amount, but it was a lot of money. Oh, it was 20 Gs. Okay, like it was a coin. <laughs> like, so, uh, no, I think at these, how old was Mercedes? At 25? Oh, 25 Deontis would have, like, you know, yes, <laughs> I would have popped off. You know, 30 year old Deontis? Uh uh. Like, I'm like, oh, Lord bless it. Okay. Like, you know, it, like, very different energy. 25, I would have been like ready to go, you know, but now I'm like, you know, I just have to pray on it and like center myself and believe that like God is going to, you know, make it up or like there's a lesson in that, right? 
Um, hmm. That would have been me maybe a day or so later after, because I, <laughs> I wouldn't have, I probably would not have put hands on my mama, but I'm not going to sit here and act like I would not have been outraged or like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like. I, the furniture fitting to be moving like. <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm still tick tick. So my mother is like very tick tick bone, you know, she's very like strategic. Um, so I probably would have like pulled up to her house, you know, and it would have been a scene. Okay. And yeah, I don't, uh, 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 like, yeah, like, mm -mm, no, but now I'm in a different spirit, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, walk with the Lord in me, you know, and all those things. So, um, yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have not put hands, but I would have, Yes, it would have been. Yes. Um, okay. You know, my mom was a very white woman, you know, so, you know, filing police reports and all those type of things, you know, we come from that life, you know, like, so, so if like, you know, navigating some stuff, you know, we have, I've, I learned from her how to utilize the system, you know, to get what I need, you know, so I think that you know, going the white woman route will probably be more scary than me running up on her and like, you know, I'm about to clock you, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, that concludes our icebreaker. Hey, younger family. I hope y'all enjoying the conversation. Feel free to take a quick pause and call the show and leave your thoughts. The phone number is 484-578-9992. You can also email the show at hunguppod.com at gmail.com make sure y'all follow Deontes on instagram at mr keys that's m-r-k-e-y-e-s and show him some love all right let's get back to the show first i want to acknowledge the fact that you made chicago's lgbtq 30 under 30 list um how long were you back home in chicago before that came out a year are you serious yeah, and then, but when I got back to Chicago, um, there was already an award ceremony that was planned for a different award that um, the Black Pride organized, organization organized. So they honored me as their like national leader or something to that nature. But, you know, I think that, you know, in both recognitions, I, I was sort of like, hmm, you know, most of my work has been based in Philadelphia, but that doesn't um, ignore what influence that it may have had, you know, nationally, right? And that a large portion of my work um, has happened in um, not just only the East Coast, but also, you know, how does this like policy impact, you know, Black gay men all around the world, right? Um, how does this programming, you know, reach Black gay men all around the world, right? So it's really like that whole mobilizing of Black gay men everywhere to create that influence where, you know, people feel united, people feel like um, connected. So it's, it's really great to like, I sort of like show up in other cities and, you know, um, brothers recognize, you know, mm -hmm. and love. In, in this home, I mean, I can only imagine that feeling of being back for a year and then to be acknowledged in this way. I just think that's so dope. And like you said, it goes to show that, you know, 
your work has no boundaries, you know, and yeah. you can reach and touch people um, all over. So that's really cool. I just, I wanted to make sure I acknowledge that. You helped to draft a report. Now I'm going to take it back to Philly when you were here um, as a commissioner on the Philly Commission on Human Relations. You helped draft a report that addressed racism and discrimination within the LGBTQ community. And thinking about that and also just in your dealings and, and traveling and your experiences, um, what do you feel like sets Philly apart? And was there anything in the report that was surprising or shocking to you? No, I think that um, my contributions to the report was really ensuring that um, there was fidelity timeline and in the history of actions that led up to the first government report that was addressing racism and discrimination, right? That later, you know, influenced the legislation where, you know, then the commission was able to, you know, um, really penalize people, you know, even further beyond um, what we were before. So, you know, thinking about that, um, yeah, my contribution was mainly like the timeline, but also um, really the strategy itself, right? The carrying out of like the mandates, the trainings, um, the accountability, right? So someone had to be, you know, sort of knowledgeable of uh, these uh, different type of businesses and organizations um, to help inform some of those practices. So it was really an amazing um, opportunity to collaborate with um, such amazing um, people and uh, leaders in the community um, who were sitting on the commission around that. But, you know, really, um, uh, Rue and um, Pam, um, Pam, like, is like a mother to me, you know, so I call her my A-mom. You know, we really established uh, some amazing uh, relationships, you know, during that experience. So, you know, that report was a, a, a labor of, you know, a lot of different people's tears, sweats, mm. conversations, maneuvers. Yeah, it was a lot, you know, that uh, went into um, getting to that point. So, you know, it couldn't have it couldn't have happened without you know community, right? That community focus at the center. So, uh, it, it, it as well as it being such a historic and amazing time, um, it was also stressful. You know, it that took a quite a bit of a toll on me. Um, and especially because I was finishing grad school at the time as well. So, you know, sort of having to navigate a lot of that, it, it was a lot, it was a lot. So I think from there, um, once the report was carried out, mandates were carried out, and then the legislation was put in place, I was just like, okay, I can breathe now, but then the Starbucks, you know, um, incident happened. And, you know, for the commission, um, you know, that wasn't just our only, our only case, right? You know, we're reviewing cases on a, uh, on a consistent basis, you know, to um, ensure that, you know, people, um, civil rights are honored and that um, the fair practice um, ordinance is carried out. So uh, yeah, it, it was a it was a stressful time. I took um, I took my role very seriously, my responsibility very seriously. So um, 
with that being said, it was um, definitely a great honor, you know, to to serve. I think it was about uh, two years. Yeah, almost two years. Yeah, so definitely a great honor to serve. That's really cool. And I've in in our talkings, you know, today and in the past, I've heard you mention policy and legislation before. So I know how important that is to you. And it tells me that that's where it's at. That's that's where we talk about we want change and we want impact. Um, a lot of it is here. What would you say? Like, is it is it just policy and legislation or is it also like that community piece? Because I also see you doing that. Well, you know, it it you can't have one without the other right um the 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 policy you know comes with advocacy right you know how you push that forward is that you have people at the ground but you have people you know in place um policy makers um influencers um leaders you know to help put that um that legislation um, in place but you know beyond just like the word itself these are rules and regulations that help uh, navigate the city, you know, navigate um, how we live, how we pay taxes, how uh, we vote, you know, um, how we um, access um, healthcare, um, a series of different things, right? So it's so important that, you know, um, Black gay men is, are involved in that process. And that is something that I learned um, very early on, you know, a, about the power of our voice, but then also about the history of sort of us being absent in those rooms and decisions made for us, right? So, you know, as 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 we continue to focus on even more marginalized communities, you know, just thinking about, you know, how different our rights are um, and our opportunities are um, as Black gay men in comparison to our um, trans Black sisters that, you know, uh, really the responsibility um, never ends, right? So we constantly have to be thinking and contributing to um, pushing these things forward, right? Because, you know, some of the same things that we're saying now was said back then, you know, um, our ancestors and, you know, we can read it in books, you know, we um, can hear it, you know, um, through, you know, um, our speakers and podcasts and like different videos and such. So, you know, it's really um, important for us to like pay attention to you know, um, how history repeats itself to see the opportunity to really create um, a pivot, you know, for us to do something different. And I feel like that's kind of happening now. Mm -hmm. uh, we're living in a time where a lot of things are being challenged. Mm -hmm. A lot of folks who have, you know, not had their voices heard are now finding the courage to speak out and to walk in their truth and to demand respect and, and safety and to be treated like anybody else. Trevor Noah said it so beautifully last night. There's a social contract that we all have that if you steal or if I steal, then the person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation. But the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. And if the social contract is broken, why the fuck do I give a shit about burning the fucking football hall of fame, about burning a fucking target? You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. <laughs>
You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. How long were you in New York before you transitioned to Chicago? Um, so I was there 2014 to 2015. Okay, so a year. So a year, and then I, I was traveling back and forth when I started on the Moby Project, um, Mobilizing Our Brothers Initiative. Um, I was going back and forth from 2016 to 2018. Okay. Really. So you were working, before, okay. So, cause that yeah. was the next question for you was, is now is that the Moby NYC? Yeah. Uh, connected with on your Instagram. So can you tell us how you're connected with them and what's your experience been like with Moby NYC? Yeah. So, um, so funny because you know, my, one of my best friends, Deshaun Usher, um, is the, it was his idea for the project. And um, I admired the story because he calls me up like one weekend. He was like, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm not doing nothing. I'm just like laying around. He was like, oh, come to New York. There's a brunch. And I was like, uh, uh. Let me look at the buses. All right, I'll be there. And this is our routine, right? Like, he's like, can you push through? Because I was already, I was always ready to leave Philly. Like, any chance I got, you know, uh, I was ready to leave. Like, okay. So um, he was like, yeah. He was like, I have a project that I would like you to write on. And at that time, I was finishing up my last year in overseeing the marketing and you know, fundraising for Philadelphia Black Pride and that I had capacity to take on a new project, you know? So so trying to redirect my energy, um, Moby was the first brand I worked on um, from its infancy, you know, um, straight out of college. So, you know, so like during during college, you know, the rebrand of Black Pride. And then, you know, after grad school, you know, it was Moby. And then now, you know, focused on, you know, um, my foundation, uh, you know, AFC and their digital channels, right? So, you know, seeing that sort of like these like large scale mobilizing, you know, efforts, you know, I kind of, you know, where know where my like, you know, my foot in. But yeah, he called me up like February of like Valentine's Day. And like, um, I still have a photo um, because the brunch was lit and it was a litty photo. Um, and uh, I think I ended up at some boy house. I remember what boy I ended up with that night. <laughs> um, and I ended up at his house and he was like, he called me, he was like, bitch did you leave and i was like no nah. he was like meet me at dunkin donuts so i went up to the bronx 
um, met him at Dunkin' Donuts, and um, that's where he started laying out sort of like the the um, the the core pieces of Moby. And we had a grant to write for. Um, the grant was for two hundred and fifty thousand. Um, we literally had two days. Um, he got sick like the first or second day. And I remember literally at Starbucks, like pushing through, you know, these edits, right? And cleaning up and um, he got it through. And I remember when he called and we had to do a brand, you know, sort of like, you know, just like they did a, a site visit, you know, we had to like introduce the brand and such. And it was such a proud moment to be supportive of a friend. You know, I think that um, Deshaun has been so good to me, you know, uh, over the years. So I appreciate him. So, and appreciate being able to like give into um, somebody's idea and really be able to like utilize a framework that I do so well to put in innovation and you know, um, to put in that um, that signature, you know, Moby is is going like international right now, and like their their influence, their impact, and such amazing people working on that project right now, and like you know, um, all good family, you know. So um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 really like to look back and say like, wow, you know. So is it everything that you? that was envisioned when y'all were sitting down at that table? Uh, it's even more, you know, it's even more because, you know, one thing about brand, brand isn't, you know, just like the, the typography or the icon. It's also the people. Um, I'm even more humble to like be a part of helping a friend, you know, and like, that's all what it was. It was like, I had nothing to do on Valentine's weekend and I went to New York and got Liddy and we ended up writing this grant that, you know, is now a, a, a space, a mm-hmm. view, you know, for people to see themselves reflected. Black. Got you. Got you. Because that was, that was my next question. What what is the space that Moby has created? But you just answered that question. Yeah, yeah. They create events, you know, to build, you know, connectivity between um, who Black, queer, and trans men are and what they need. And they do that through um, content and collaborations and events and campaigns that, you know, really center the community in um, not only the development, but then also, you know, the product itself. So, you know, truly what, you know, my contribution to Moby was, was, you know, the idea of like, how do we operationalize design, you know, um, but really inclusive design, right? Um, but then also do that from a, like, a very strategic um, way, but, what it is now, you know, has gone beyond what, you know, I was even thinking, you know, Laquan as the creative director, you know, um, and Anthony and, you know, Kenny um, and Dwayne, you know, they are like, uh, and Julian, you know, they are a, 
amazing team, you know, and um, really very proud of them and also to see their individual projects thrive, right? So once again, it starts with friends, you know, it don't start with like the business shop and like, you know, we weren't about that, you know, me and Deshaun, he'll tell you, he, uh, you know, he met me in a cage in Atlanta, you know, 10 years ago, you know, doing a do, 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 do. Um, where people were so quick to, you know, throw me away, you know, but he, he saw beyond that, right? You know, when we're talking about like the physical, you know, he saw beyond like that and he was like, oh, he's kind of smart, like really smart, <laughs> you know, like, um, so really, yeah, you know, it starts with, it starts with friends, it starts with brotherhood, you know, trust. That's really cool. And to hear something so great come out of it, come out of a friendship that you had already established. And, you know, I always like to hear about spaces being created for queer Black folk and queer trans folk, because there's so many people waiting and wanting to pour in and out into the community. And on the same side, on the other side of the coin, there's so many people waiting to be embraced and to see more of these spaces. So it's always good to hear about things like this that are coming up because it's needed. And yeah, I think the struggle is keeping these things going, like yeah. getting this, getting support enough from the community to support these things. So yeah. very cool. So recently you, you just out here in Chicago doing a damn thing because you now wait, you, I saw a recent picture with Royce Hugger loved it and by the way i just want to say it kept me wanting more i love the it was like black gold dripping so shout out to royce huggard um, today is his birthday so i need to call air <laughs> you know until later but yeah i do need to call him and very appreciative of like you know the energy that you know went into that shoot but the energy that goes into you know every shoot you know um i I'm not a model <laughs> or I don't claim to be a model or anything of that nature, but um, really I believe in the art of photography, you know, but also the importance of, you know, capturing yourself, you know, your, your true self, right? I contribute to my photographers and like, or they're not my photographers, you know, like they're, they're artists in themselves, right? You know, and some of them are friends, like, Tara has literally captured, you know, stages of my queerness in, in some of the most beautiful, like, captures, you know? I have to, like, post it before this month is over with, you know, for um, History Month because, like, beautiful images, like, yeah, but it's, it's, it's to see myself reflected. You know, it's so bad because like half the time they just sit in my like my folders and stuff. And like, you know, sometimes you want to cherish things yourselves, but, you know, art is to to be consumed, you know, and that I'm learning that and like getting over my like work phobias and shit, you know, um, to, you know, really share that art a little bit more. And that's the beauty of it is like you can create that art and, yeah. and satisfy a need. But then like sharing that art can be something totally different and you get yeah. to spend the time when you're ready to share that art with other people. 
Yeah. Well, I don't like, you know, the thing is, I don't, you know, someone said, boy, it was here. He was like, oh, he was like, um, I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, I don't post a photo for vanity. And he was like, yeah, but he was like, you post the photo and like such and such and such a likes happen. And I'm like, but that's not me. You know, like, I didn't say, oh, you, I didn't prompt them to do that. You know, I just like, I shared the art, you know, and I, I get so much anxiety around social media uh, because it's like the, the polishness of a post, right? And especially given what I do can come off a certain type of way, right? So, you know, striking a balance between like organicness, you know, is something that I struggle with because I'm I'm always thinking about, you know, um, the mechanics, you know? Um, so it's weird, you know? Like I'd much rather am an in-person person. I'm like a, like in-person person, yeah, in-person person. But understanding COVID now, that may not be the case. So, you know, I definitely uh, appreciate digital. You know, I work in digital, you know, like I wouldn't be able to like provide for myself if, then, if I didn't know how to do digital. But um, I think about connecting with others, you know, I need to do more interfacing like this, you know? I just tried virtual reality the other day. Like it was really dope shit, you know? So. What do you mean virtual reality? What is Like with the goggles. Oh. Yeah. Really dope. Through Facebook. I was going to say connected to what? Facebook. You said Facebook. Yeah. Virtual reality. Wow. Um, what was that like? <laughs> oh, it was interesting. Interesting. <laughs> like, yeah, it's intense. Intense. It was just for a few seconds. I was at my homie house and like, yeah, they had the goggles and it was like, whoa. And also, I saw a picture that you did. I believe it was Christopher Mars. You looked like you were about to step out on, like you were going to the Met Gala. What What were you wearing? Do you remember what you were wearing? You looked amazing. Yes, I do, I do. Those are, so every piece has a story, right? Mm -hmm. So that, the shirt I've had since 2000 and, I got in LA, right, um, from a thrift shop. And the coat was, uh, I can't remember the, uh, the designer's name, but he was a legendary drag designer, you know, um, designer for, you know, drag queens. And I ordered this coat uh, because I used to walk balls uh, with the House of Long Men. And I ordered this coat as an effect. And, you know, as I transitioned out of participating, you know, um, because I started, you know, stepping into more of the uh, sponsorship and production role, that was the one thing I kept. There was, it was a lot of things I could have kept, but I was like, I wanted to keep the coat. So the coat is the one thing that I still have from those days. And, it, and it's so appropriate and so flexible. You know, I'd be in here like twirling, you know, like, <laughs> I do, you know, like I turn on Shirley Bassey and be like, <laughs> you know, like it comes on, like, 
I do all the things, you know? So yeah, but it, it was really dope. Uh, I really enjoyed my time with Chris. Um, really amazing photos that, you know, it, it actually took me by surprise, you know? Um, I had to sit with them for quite some time, you know? Um, I think we shot in January. Um, and I didn't share them until ooh, August. Wow. You know, so, uh, yeah. So, you know, that whole sharing, it's like, yeah, I, I went through, you know, I went through a little bit, you know. Um, I don't know, like Ooh. revealing parts of myself that are more authentic than, you know, the things that I work on. You know, I'm trying to find um, ways to, you know, just show up differently, you know. Um, so, yeah. Well, you looked amazing. So I just wanted to acknowledge you on that. Like, got hung up family. You, what's your Instagram again? Uh, Mr. Keys, M R K E Y E S, at Instagram. Go follow him, y'all. Support him. Check out yeah. the pictures. You would not be disappointed. Yes, but you would not, <laughs> you know, like slide <laughs> my DM. Okay. Okay. Shoot your shot. Shoot, shoot your shot. Listen, okay, because they're listen. Woo. Depending on listen, I, I am looking. I am marriage driven right now. You know, um, I'm I'm all about like right now, like finding, um, you know, bettering myself for you know my partner. But yeah, I'm all about like you know next three years. Well, not really a time, but just like really leaning into the idea of getting to know someone, finding our balance, and then investing in that, right? Um, life's not meant to be alone, you know, for me, you know? So I definitely want to share that with someone, you know? So uh, yeah, I'm looking like, and it's different, you know, like having left Philadelphia, when I left Philadelphia, I left a relationship and he actually came and visited a week ago. And just sort of like to be affirmed in like, okay, you made the decision to better yourself. You know, like now go find what you like deserve, you know, to have that conversation was like really dope, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm like in a different uh, space right now where I feel like I can um, give into like, you know, making someone happy and building like a, a actual home and a legacy. You know, um, it's great to be a, a uncle and, you know, to have like, you know, kids and such and like do all that. And, you know, but I, I really want something of my own. So, how do you feel like, the, how is the dating scene out in, in Chicago? I've met some like um, some great gentlemen, you know, like some great guys. Um, and then I met some like interesting not to be returned, you know, no return caller, you know, um, guys. But yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's still out there, you know, COVID done happen. You know, I was dating someone, it didn't work, you know. Um, really, I, I have, I'm really big on honesty, you know, um, and transparency. And like, sometimes, you know, one of the consistent challenges I found is that you know, um, there is a barrier in being transparent about our feelings and who we are 
which I think it's much goes back to the text, right? Or the tweet, you know, hiding ourselves, right? You know, um, I, I'm finding that the same type of hiding or, you know, manipulating of ourselves, pre, you know, uh, presentation, you know, the presentation us, you know, being more forward rather than the more authentic us, you know, is showing up for them in like some of the men that I'm meeting, you know, like, and it shows up in different ways, right? You know, career-wise, you know, um, intimacy-wise. Um, yeah, so, you know, I think there, I think there's opportunity. We'll see. So do you have any upcoming projects that you're working on? Yeah, I do. And like when the art is ready, you know, I'll share it. Um, I learned not to like hype or, you know, announce things until they're ready, you know, because I'm someone who um, really gets excited about what they're working on, you know, and that, you know, I can tend to like slack off. So, you know, I want to put in the, continue to put in the work um, uninterrupted, unmotivated, you know, um, well, not unmotivated, but like, you know, I want to do it, you know, continue to do it in a way that, you know, is fidelity to the process and the process that I saw. So, yeah, um, I'm working on some stuff, you know, so um, definitely in the communications and marketing, like, you know, social causes. Um, but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to like, yeah, it's going to be good. Very cool. And so, and how can the community support you in what you're doing and in your work? Yeah, like I, I think that um, how they can support is like, you know, uh, continue to like connect with me, you know, uh, but then also, you know, I, I think they can continue to support, you know, the the, the movements and the brands that I um, breathed into, you know, so Philly Black Pride, Moby, AIDS Foundation Chicago, um, those are, you know, three important brands who are contributing to, you know, ensuring that, you know, marginalized communities can thrive, whether that is with chronic conditions or, you know, beating um, homelessness or HIV or, you know, sort of creating spaces for Black gay men, you know, uh, and Black queer men to see themselves reflected, right? So, you know, thinking about um, such incredible work um, and being able to contribute to that work, I think it's important that the community continues to that work and support those who are pouring into that work as well, right? Because these are institutions that are built for us, by us, and that um, who's going to pour into community like we pour into community, right? So, and shout out to everybody for keep you know pressing forward in the midst of a pandemic. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, like amazed at what is possible. You know, such innovation is happening. You know, and it's really like understanding what people need and then understanding your resources, right? And understanding where those gaps are so you can identify, you know, where there's possibilities. So yeah, like really great. The pandemic has been like nothing short of like the greatest incubator, you know, for, you know, economic equity and all sorts of things. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more change and more possibilities. Thank you for coming on to the show. It was really dope to have you. A really cool conversation. I can't wait to post it. One last time, remind everyone where they can find you and support you on social media. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at 
Mr. Keys, M-R-K-E-Y-E-S, um, and on Facebook at Deontas Keys, K-E-Y-E-S, type it in, D, it'll come up. Appreciate you, brother. No, appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Like, this is dope, like, to have this conversation with someone um, from Philly that also was there and is here now that you know that that's a long time you know i wouldn't say like eight years like about eight years 15. <laughs> yeah yeah it's just nice it was nice to have this conversation with you and to bring it all home because you've done so much here in philly and philly is another home for you then you traveled to New York, you did your thing, and now you're back home in Chicago. But I know you didn't forget about Philly. And oh, no. Like, yeah, yeah. I just needed to get away up for a little bit, you know? It was um, it was a lot, you know? And um, I think that, you know, honestly, you know, um, I wanted to be in a different space, you know, headspace, you know, to receive that and, like, show up for that, you know? And that, you know, I I'm so grateful for the family and friends I still have in Philadelphia and the history that I've been a part of, right? So, you know, I take that with great honor and that, um, and great responsibility for, you know, that narrative um, that, yeah, I, I look forward to like returning to Philly, but yeah, I, like coming back to Chicago once again was about, you know, just sort of like silencing things for a little bit to sort of like, find out what I wanted to do and like to do great work, you know, like seriously to do great work, you know, to um, in my faith, in my home, in my uh, intimacy, you know, uh, mental health, you know, to do great work. You know, sometimes you have to like make a shift. So. And thank you for just bearing with me through the technology because I felt like we got a little bit of, of that that 360 of Deontes, like a little bit of a personal life, professional education, um, creative side. You shared a lot with us about your journey. So thank you for coming on to the show. No, thank you.